Wat vind jij veel? <laughs> Help mee. Nou, kom op, Phil. Je bent legendary. Ik ben legendary. Ja. Het doesn't matter because it's a Christmas special. Ja, yeah. yeah. <coughs> yeah, it doesn't. Ja, yeah. doesn't matter. You ready? Yeah. Yep. Well, ho, ho, ho. Welcome to the Christmas uh, special podcast of Infection Control Matters. It's uh, it's a privilege to be joined with uh, Martin and Brett for our final podcast for the year. And welcome, chaps. G'day, Phil. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that as an introduction. <laughs> yeah, that was a shit introduction. No, I wasn't expecting that as an introduction either. We do that again. Excel yourself. No, no. No, we're not good. doing it again. Not doing it no, no, again? No, 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 oh, okay. Fine. Speaking That's of the expletive, enough. Phil, we had some interesting... Um, oh, yeah, for those who haven't listened to this podcast at Christmas time, there's not much science. There's a lot of banter and a lot of riffraff, so um, stay tuned. But, Phil, speaking of your expletive just then... I think we've had a few interesting moments in podcasts this year. We've had, I think we had the F-bomb dropped once, at least once on one of my podcasts. I think we've had a cat vomit. Um, we've had people <laughs> like me turning up to the wrong time <laughs> for podcasts. Uh, um, we've had people lose, lose their train of thought. Yeah. People losing their train of thought, and um, yeah, which is all makes, fun. It makes editing too. a challenge because... Yes. Um, so yes, it's fun doing these, and I think probably it's worthy of acknowledging Martin's expert um, editing skills mm. uh, at this stage of the of the series because he does do a fine job um, editing out all those dogs barking and cats vomiting. Yes, yes, there has been some crackers. Um, speaking of crackers, and also the, uh, the, the the pod bombing we got last time. Oh, pod bombing! Yeah, and can get kicked out by security. Um, so um, yep. we've done podcasts yeah, in all kinds of places, hotel rooms, conference centres, locked away cupboards, on the run, on the conference floors, all kinds of places. Mm. Um, bars. Bars, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. it, it was yeah. actually a nice transition to be doing these from Zoom to actually doing a few in person as well. So yeah, it was, was a, good. a nice reflection yeah, of yeah. the times. Yeah. Mm. So um, Martin, any reflections on particular podcast you enjoyed doing or listening to this year uh, well to be honest I mean I've, I've enjoyed loads of them uh, the one I've really enjoyed doing was with David Weber at APSIC mm. where he just talked about his his integrated infection prevention control team at the University Hospitals of North Carolina where he's got 20 people but actually quite a few of them are nurses but there's scientists who come from the lab but work in infection prevention and he's got behavioural scientists working in the group mm. So they design an intervention and then they behave well they decide what the intervention should be and then the behaviour scientists look at how we can actually implement it. And I thought that was really nice because I think you can have there's room for all skills within a team. You know, I've learned a bit about behaviour, plenty of people learn a bit about behaviour, but we're not the same as people who've got doctorates in it and you know, and they can really help us and we can help them because mm. we can teach them infection control, but they can actually work with us to actually implement better. So I mm. thought that was that's a really nice thing. Obviously not everybody's gonna do that. But then I started thinking maybe many hospitals could have a behavioural scientist attached to them because actually a lot of healthcare delivery is about behaviour mm. and actually getting people to do things in the right way. And it's not just infection prevention. So I thought mm. I thought there was a role in a mm. healthcare setting for a behavioural specialist. But that was that was my favourite one to actually listen to him chatting about it. And he, mm. as David, always generous with his time. Mm. I've got a bird chirping in the background for you to edit out there, Martin. What about you, Phil? 
Oh no no! I, I know if you. I always know if you're at home if I can hear birds in the background. So it's, it's not that kookaburra that woke me up at four o'clock in the morning. Well, actually, Martin stole my thunder because I was going to say exactly the same thing. Um, I was really impressed with that, uh, the way that David described his team and uh, you know brought in all these other schools, acknowledged that um, we need to bring in these expertise specialties. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd like to think of that as the IPC team of the future and something that we should be working towards. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that was uh, that was it, lots of favourites, like Martin said, lots of favourites. I really enjoyed my chat with Chuck Edmiston earlier in the year about surgical side infections. I think the series we did on yeah. um, the precautions, uh, airborne mm-hmm. droplets, um, the paradigms that need to change, it was a really enlightening series. I learned a lot from that, uh, talking to people, but... Um, I did have David Webber's uh, marked as my the one that I enjoyed mm. the most, I think. And we've got nearly 50,000 listeners, I think. We were thinking we're going to crack that this year. I think we might still crack it before the end of the year. So, you know, really grateful for everyone who's listened in. Yeah. When we started, we thought if we could get a couple of hundred people for each one, that would be fine. Mm. And we're averaging what we have. A plenary, session, a, a plenary session every week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, a yeah. massive conference. Each, so. each one averages 530. Mm. So mm. How, mm. who knew? How about yours, Brett? Oh, mine. Um, I, I did enjoy the, the series we did. Uh, I enjoyed talk, talking to Lydia uh, Maraska. Um, I think that was the second time we've chatted to her, but I always. Just... You probably talked to her more than the WHO did. <laughs> Quite possibly. I actually like the ones we managed to do face-to-face, regardless of what they were. You know, the ones that we've done, John Otter, the ones from IPS conference, some, you know, the one we did at SIPSI. Um, when you had a road show earlier in the year, Martin, Australia, and we managed to do some, grab people there. Um, I like those ones that we've had to do face-to-face. They're enjoyable to do. So, um, But also really yeah. grateful for all the people who have giving up their time to do the podcasts for us you know everyone's busy and we're really grateful that people are happy to say yes i don't think we've had anyone say no i haven't had anyone say no yet so um um i've had a couple oh, maybe no, that's, that's just me that's just you yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so look you know, someone asked me the other day when we were at a conference how do you how do you find people and and i, I sort of said look we we just contact people who, who you know we've, we've we've got our own contacts of course but we've contacted plenty of authors of papers you know we do say this a bit but if people are interested then do get in contact with us if you've got you know a good paper coming up and want to have a chat about it or something you think you want to hear from an author about a big paper please get in contact with us and we'll reach out i mean to me the podcast is a form of social media where authors can expand further on what they did in the in in words that maybe they wouldn't have necessarily used in the paper so you know and i gave a talk at apsic earlier on this year about social media and this is just another way of disseminating it and i think we could get better at it because you know we're going to maybe talk about some of our favorite papers of the year and one of mine actually not one of mine there there was an actually a supplement of clinical infectious diseases which looked at social media so um mine was the cid paper one of your favorites of the year well, I'm, I'm going to cheat now and say this whole supplement because they, there's so many different aspects of social media and, and this looked at social media for education and how we can influence people, the public maybe. And, you know, key things that come out of social media for me is misinformation spreads far more easily than information and silly things like, well, not silly things at all. I'm a to me, but 
actually videos that include music and humor uh, are followed more often than those that aren't. So, you know, Didier was spot on with all these hand dancing, hand hygiene dances, because that's what appeals to people. And it doesn't Mm. necessarily appeal to me. You see, that's that's the thing. I I like what I like, and I'm not a dancer, clearly. (laughs) Not unless I've had industrial quantities of alcohol. So it's not something I feel comfortable with. But clearly, when I look around, other people are. And I I think Mm. that's where we need to... You know, I might do what I think is right from a social media point of view, but actually that isn't necessarily going to be get liked by a lot of people. So I, I think we have to get smarter at using social media and talk to mm. social media experts about how they would put a message out. Yeah, I believe um, um, that. Like they, they expert at it. The music and the images, uh, Martin, makes me think of TikTok. Sounds as though, yeah, and, and I, had, yeah. I actually had a media session today with some work people and, TikTok. I was working on a video. TikTok was the it was the go to platform for a couple of generations that are below us, and uh, if we want to hit those people, yeah. that's where we need to go. How many generations below uh, you, Phil? Well, well, maybe the one or <laughs> two below. <laughs> yeah, probably three or four. Well, of I'm only in my thirties, Brett. So, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Phil? What's your what are your favourite papers of the year? Well, look, I'm going to go a little bit off-piste here, I think, and uh, a couple of um, papers which you might not automatically think are the best papers, but two came to mind, and and one I'm going to give a call out for our New Zealand colleagues. Uh, They undertook their first point prevalence survey uh, of healthcare-associated infections and published that in in, uh, ARIC. So um, Nikki Gray and colleagues, uh, headed up also by um, Sally Roberts, uh, did the did their first point prevalence survey um, in New Zealand, national survey funded by um, the government uh, to undertake that work, which was uh, very admirable. Novel. Yep. And uh, they uh, they found a prevalence rate of about 6.6% healthcare associated infections. Um, so I just, I enjoyed reading that paper. It was just a, a bit of a, a, a nice comforting paper to read. The other one that uh, I enjoyed the year was the impact that infection prevention initiatives have on our carbon footprint. And I think this is something that we need to bear in mind as we're looking at all these uh, mm. interventions to, to implement. Uh, but it was, Where was that one, Phil? It was by um, Bolton and colleagues and was published in the Journal of Hospital Infection uh, in October this mm. year. And uh, it's specifically about um, the carbon footprint of the operating room related to infection prevention mm. measures. And it was a scoping review. And it just really highlighted the fact that a lot of our interventions really are, are not sustainable for the environment. And we need to start thinking about uh, more reusables. Uh, you know, they talked about the air treatment systems in operating rooms not being particularly efficient or, in fact, uh, not preventing infections in a lot of cases also and that we need to look at other mm. interventions too and mm. keep in mind this uh, carbon footprint that infection prevention has a fair uh, substantial um, uh, significance mm. at this stage. Yep. What about you, Martin? What are your favourite papers of the year? Well, I went with the CID special issue, but there's, I've gone a bit left field with one of mine. Uh, but another one I think was quite nice. Uh, it was published in AGIC. Uh, and it was from Maria Clara Padavedza's group in Sao Paulo. Jessica um, Vicius was the main author. And it was about lessons from a failed implementation. 
implementation was effective mm. communication of patients in transmission-based precautions, and it just didn't work. So they did a nice piece of qualitative work actually looking at why it didn't work, and there was all sorts of things that, that, that you, I suppose you might say the usual suspects, like the, you know, the people who were actually going to implement it were involved in the planning. <laughs> Simple things mm. like that. But also the culture of the organisation wasn't ready for it, and there was the sort of political economic status of the institution that fits in it and did it actually even fit with the organization's culture and in ter- terms of what their demand was and what their problems were and i i do wonder and i i mentioned it on last week's podcast with emma you know sometimes we do what we think is right but it isn't necessarily what the organization wants or needs at that moment and therefore are they ready to accept an intervention for a problem they don't necessarily think they have whereas mm. we think they've got a problem and so either we sell the problem better or we start getting success with what they think their problems are and they may well have a problem in certain area that we may not prioritize as much but if we were to help them out with that would they then be more interested in something that we could sell them um, but i you know it's, mm. it, what came out of it was they hadn't solved the problem first before they went down that route uh, and the second paper mm. i wanted to just mention briefly was that I, I like things that make me think a little bit and um, there was a paper in plus one from japan so hideki kato and colleagues which is looking at the effect of language on droplets being produced. So they measured droplets when people were singing in Japanese and German. And German, you actually (laughs) emit twice as many droplets and they go twice as far as you do in Japanese. And it's, it's, they think the, it's the, the double vowel. Yeah. Ah, yeah, right. exactly. So, yeah. So, but it's the double vowel. Well, so, Scottish, so really old Scottish. They bellow, you know, they five, if you actually believe a droplet. But they were going over over a metre when singing in German, but less than half a metre singing in Japanese because it's, it's, wow. it tends to be a little bit softer. And I thought, mm. oh, do you know, I'd never, ever thought about that. Yeah, and So, you know. Fascinating, and then just dialect even have it have a, a, any effect on yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There might be some dialects we can think of when you're chatting to someone and you take that extra bit of step back, don't you? And you might get a bit of a spray. If you, yeah. uh, but uh, anyway, I, I won't name them. But, 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 but that would be the case, though, isn't it? There are there are some languages when you you know if it, I think if you saw people speaking, you'd see a big difference. And I'm um, the other thing that came out of it was yeah. singing is very bad news because. <laughs> And there's so many outbreaks yeah. related to choirs, which clearly took us down the route of air and should have made us think about yeah. that a lot earlier than we did, really. But there we are. So, yeah, just it's well, a lot of things um, that made me think a little bit. And I had never considered language. Right, Brett, what, yeah. what are yours? Yeah. That's, a, that's fascinating. Um, well, I'm not going to talk about this one because we've already had this person on, Alexandra Peters' um, systematic review in ARIC on the impact of environmental hygiene interventions. I like it because it was a great summary of the latest evidence around the environment and impact on environmental cleaning and impact on um, healthcare associated infections. If you're interested in that topic, I would just go and read that paper because that's um, a great update um, on the evidence base and covers a whole range of things, not just, uh, so it looks at, you know, bundles approach as well. Um, the the two other things that, it's, that I, I, I've gone a bit left field with these two, there was a um, article in a journal that I frequently read called Drug Delivery. Um, 
not. Um, is that and... like Uber Eats? Is that? Uh... <laughs> I'm not knocking the. I'm not knocking the general, by the way. No. Um, or a car with a black tail yeah. windows. Is that, is that the Deliveroo. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was actually, I only noticed at the beginning of the year, but um, I think it was published during the Christmas period. Ian is the surname of the author. It's called Aerosol Release Distribution and Prevention During Aerosol Therapy. Anyway, what these, these scientists did was they, they wanted to look at aerosols and they put a fungi in their simulated model. They had a, a, a model that resembled a, a human respiratory tract and head and they had a nebulizer and they wanted to see the actual purpose of the study was to see whether whether if you put a filter on a nebulizer at source it can it reduce the amount of aerosols and particularly those within with um, fungi in this instance um, uh, still present so they measured things and one of the things they measured was um, the number of particles at different points in time and I didn't notice that this was picked up by the authors but I found this quite fascinating because um, they measured the average particle concentration for things like breathing pattern when you're normally breathing and when you're distressed. And they measured the aerosol, sorry, the particle numbers at 0.8 of a metre and 2.2 metres away from source. And interestingly, the difference between 0.8 and 2.2 metres in terms of particle numbers, I thought was minuscule. So normal breathing you know, we're talking 115 particles versus 115.03. And when someone's distressed, 115.8 versus 114.6. And so I thought that was quite fascinating because really to me, it demonstrated all along that this arbitrary figure of two meters, 1.5 meters, whatever it is, is a load of crap. And um, I don't think that was actually picked up by the authors and they certainly didn't use those words. But um, I liked that because I thought, you know what, that's a really interesting sub finding. from that paper. I, I don't know why we're not listening to physics a lot more, got to be honest. How can you do an RCT mm. on different masks? Because you'd have to wear it all the time. Mm. You know, you, 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 you maybe go in a room with patients and you try an N95 versus a surgical mask. When you come out, you're still interacting with other people, probably without that mask. So to me, that would be like organising an RCT or you have sex with some people with a condom on and you have sex with other people without a condom on and you say then the condom made no difference. Yeah. Well, that's because you're still interacting with other people without that PP. Unless you wore the N95 all the time, how could you even do that? Mm. So I, I can't get my head around why we're trying for an RCT on mask, mask when the physics say it's a filter of this level if it's tightly sealed then stuff, you know, it's got to be better. It just has to be better. And it's, it, you know, that's empirical data rather than an RCT based on mm. something you couldn't really probably ethically study anyway. So I, I, I don't get it. Because all the all the air scientists aren't arguing about this. They're all in complete agreement. Yet we're all, oh, well, we, where's the RCT? I'm not mm. sure you can really do one unless you've got someone to wear one all the time. And I hear plenty of people arguing, well, you can't wear one of these masks all the time. But that's difficult. I get it. Although I've worn them for long periods of time in in the not too distant past, but the thing is that's just the design of the the the, um, the mask isn't great, and we have to just get a better at producing a mask that's actually meant to be worn for extended periods in healthcare rather than something that was designed in industry for a short exposure while you're taking down a wall, mm. which is effectively what most of them were designed for. Mm. So I you know I I don't agree with the argument that you that you, the surgical mask is fine but when actually there is something you could wear that would definitely be better 
Yeah. So why wouldn't you go for the optimal protection? It's a bit like saying, oh, yeah, okay. Well, in that case, a surgical mask would be fine. If, if, there's, if there's no difference between N95 and a surgical mask, and we know there is viable virus in the air, it's a bit like saying it's fine to go in a cyanide gas-filled room with a with a surgical mask on. Clearly, that's not going yeah. to work. So if it's better for small particles in one way and you know around asbestos, why wouldn't you use it for a virus? That, you know, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit like going back to... Cox's original principles, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. You know, it, just because you can't prove it, if you've got the, you know, the the steps correct, we know this, we know that, we know that. Therefore, that's likely to be the case. Then I think that's where we should be. Yeah. Really, really. Rant over. Kirsty Busing made that same point um, at the SIPSI conference in the uh, session that we had about mm. uh, the precautions, and and her, I think her comment was exactly that. Why wouldn't you choose the better mask? Uh, if they're both available, mm. it's 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 pretty obvious, I think. Yep. Speaking of all that, mine is a nice segue to my third paper of the year. Um, and you don't know what these papers are, so it was a nice little segue. No, we don't. No, it was lucky. So the third one is actually a letter to the editor um, in Journal of Hospital Infection by Stephanie Dancer, and it's titled "One Size Does Not Fit All." While infection prevention is difficult to randomise to and control, or well, actually, it's actually to randomise or control. And one of the things, one of the things you just said, one of the statements that she makes in this paper. Now, it is in response to um, a published article, so I'm not good. That's not why I like it, and um, so I'm not going to go on that route. But there are some really, oh, there's some really good points in here. And one of the statements is. Um, uh, that infection prevention uh, interventions do not lend themselves easy to Cochrane style randomized control style uh, randomized control studies. It's been long re- recognised because both the sciences and the nuances of infection control retain all the complexities that you would expect from biological and behavioural parameters. There are no nice, neat equations for predicting healthcare associated infections, and there's the other part I like: not all healthcare associated infections are equal. And uh, and it's a simple statement, but um, it's so true. And we we sort of tried to put everything in a box then that doesn't always uh doesn't always work um and um and so i kind of I, you know there are some there's some other nuances within that um within that letter that really just speak to the fact of of needing to think about uh, not using that one size fits all approach and that things are complex in this area that we work you know things can't always be answered by one study or, or multiple studies and sometimes we use different approaches so uh, i quite like that paper based on what you just said i mean i remember i remember heather at sipsy saying if she was going to write a guideline now she'd be looking for evidence she would class as good enough not rcts heather love day that was i don't disagree you know and having having been involved in guideline writing using grade is problematic for infection control but um so I don't disagree with any of that and, and, and the statements we just talked about. I would also caution that by saying there are things that we can do RCTs in and we shouldn't settle for second best mm. when an RCT is possible because we're never going to move the, the discipline forward in terms of the science scientific evidence base uh, if, we, if we don't have that attitude. But there are plenty of things that we can't do RCTs for or shouldn't we don't need to do RCTs for that we've already talked about. So... Um, but I wouldn't want to confuse that that point in my mind. So um, now, Phil, you had something 
different that you wanted to share with us too? In this, uh, yeah, yeah look, I was just thinking of highlights of the year and I could think of a couple. I was thinking of um, presentations that I'd seen. And mm. so, well, actually, before I get to the presentations, highlights of the year, I think for me, was being able to actually attend a conference in person. And um, mm. I was lucky enough to, to go to IPS and I was lucky enough to go to the ACPC conference uh, uh, recently in Sydney as well. At the IPS conference, uh, I one of the presentations that really, well, two, there was two presentations that grabbed me. First was a um, presentation by Jimmy Walker, uh, who, yeah. who I wasn't particularly aware of previously, but he did a fantastic presentation about safer water in healthcare. He's a legend. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you we'll know, have to get him on the podcast. We haven't, we haven't, we have to get him on, haven't we? Yeah, I oh, think yeah. we'll have to get him in the podcast. Yeah, you need a translator though. The Scottish is his Scots language. <laughs> accent. Oh, I thought it was pretty good, actually. <laughs> if we think we're bad. If you- and the other presentation I really enjoyed was Nigel Edwards uh, talking about rebuilding hospitals and uh, mm. he came up with my favourite term of the year which was value engineering and uh, the value engineering yeah, yeah. Uh, we're familiar with well for those who don't know value engineering was uh, when you're involved in designing a hospital and you have all the infection prevention designs built in but um Unfortunately, they have to cut some budgets. So, of course, the first thing to go is all those, uh, you know, infection prevention, um, engineering designs often are the first things that get tossed out of the of the design. So, uh, Nigel termed that value engineering. Oh, but the, the bit about that was, was fascinating was he talked about them had to re-engineer one particular project mm. and the delays in the project meant that the costs went up so much that they actually ended up with a worse building that cost them more money than if they'd actually not value engineered it. Yes, that's right. It was hilarious. And that is just the world over, isn't it? It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other thing uh, that caught my attention was, um, for those of you who don't know, did some work with the hotel quarantine program in Victoria last year and uh, also did a couple is there anyone on the planet? <laughs> uh, possibly. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I don't think he's mentioned it very much in his podcast this, uh, this last year. Uh, no. Have I overkilled that, have I? <laughs> oh, no. No. Phil, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, and I did do a talk called Hotel Quarantina and a couple of colleagues that I worked with um, who just happen to have some musical talent in their fibres uh, came up with a nice little tune On a dark suburban freeway filtered air in my face sitting here on a sky bus keeping two metres space up ahead in the distance I saw a shimmering light my head grew heavy and my sight grew dim Reckon I might have a symptom There they stood in the doorway PCA's a big pole And I was thinking to myself This ain't heaven, could this be hell? Then they lit up a red light And they showed me the way There were voices down the corridor I thought I heard them say Such a lonely place, such a lonely place. Plenty 
They, uh, I'll cut it there, but they, uh, they, uh, one of my, uh, you know, my generation, uh, the Hotel California by the Eagles was uh, one of those uh, mm. albums that we grew up with and had a lot of sentimental value, and they just hit the note with me when they redid their version of Hotel California and turned into Hotel Quarantina. And um, hopefully, if anybody would like to hear the full version of that, it's uh, it's very funny. Uh, we'll put it up on our. Um, on our webcast, on our podcast site. So, you know, talking of highlights of the year, I've now got a new highlight. Phil has managed to do technology without a hiccup. (laughs) 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 He shared something with audio and it worked going at least anyway. Could you tell my... (laughs) Wow. Let my kids know about that too, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, man? What's your highlight? Or highlights? Uh, My highlight's just getting back together. And I just thought you said, you know, being able to stand there and discuss things with people and you know and do podcasts face to face but go to a conference the joy of going to a conference you know i actually think people did a really good job of doing conferences on zoom and the tech worked really very well and it's if you can't do anything else it works fine but actually there's nothing better than wandering around posters finding an author just standing there chatting to them about it and and talking to people and mulling over things into the wee small hours because actually when we all get together we all think pretty much in the same way apart from the air thing but you know we all think pretty much in the same way and we're all very passionate about it you know when you go to an ipc conference nobody says how's the kids how's the family you know where are you going for your holidays we're all talking about ipc all the time and it's i find it because i'm passionate about it i I find it joyous, to be honest. So I, that's, I've been to several meetings this year, a couple for the first time, one in Portugal, one to Greece. And again, the, the enthusiasm from people there who actually in some countries aren't getting the same voice that we get in maybe in the Australia and the UK. And we maybe think we don't get enough of a voice, but in some countries they get much less of a voice. But the passion for people who work in infection prevention control, I find incredibly mm. uplifting in whatever country you go to. People love it and they really, you know, like doing it. And there are plenty of professions around where people are, well, it's a job. Mm. Well, it's never been a job for me. I've never thought of this as work, to be honest. And mm. so that's that's been my highlight of the year, talking to kindred spirits and spending time with people. Yeah, I agree. For me, it was the same. Just just getting back to to be able to have face to face contact and getting to to talk to people, listen to conferences face to face. Don't think I could do another conference on Zoom um, again for a while. Um, and and I agree. Really passionate group of individuals, and uh, you, you know, in that because of that passion, there's differing views, and that's that, that's okay too. So um, I think it's been it's been great to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so your highlights, Brett. Well, that that was that that actually is um, one of my highlights, to be honest. Um, just just being able to yeah, get to conferences again. So now, Phil, I'm going to um, try and share my screen and um, play something as well. But I bet this doesn't work as well because I don't think I actually. I'm going to stop sharing because I don't think I did it properly. See, see, Phil, you've 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 got up one up me already on this one because. Um, um, <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't shared this probably. Okay, here we go. So this is one of my favourite little tunes that I heard. It was from Randy Newman, and it's a song about norovirus, which many people, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere, are probably going to um, be suffering very shortly, if not already. No volume. Be better if the sound worked. Didn't work. No audio. No. 
No, uh, that's just annoying. All right, let me stop sharing again and try that again. Can we can we just make note that Brett's Brett stuffed up the technology? <laughs> Why? I did. Yeah, we. Oh, well, that, but that's they're staying in. Yeah, yeah good on you. Thanks. All right, here we go. Tomato. The xenorovirus is very contagious. It causes vomiting and diarrhea. Both funny. And you see, you can get it very easily. Or you could spread it just by oh, coughing a few particles. Very resilient, don't you think? Why don't you sing it with me? Here we go. Poo and vomit, vomit and poo. That's what the neurovirus does to you. It's a better than dying, worse than the flu. Poo and vomit, vomit and poo. You better lock yourself in your room before your mouth and your bottom go. I'll finish, I'll finish it there. <laughs> Very good. So anyway, that's uh, that. We're one of the one of the little side things you get caught up in at any given. I point thought on. you were sharing something with Brett Lee. Oh, I thought there was a bit of cricket there too. Yeah, yeah. that was that just yeah. a test? That was a test to yeah. throw you guys uh, off the oh, scent. Test match. Uh, yeah. oh, very good. A test. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> one more highlight for me. One more highlight for mm. me was the. Uh, the decision by the Australian government to establish an Australian Centres for Disease Control. Mm. Something that we've been calling for for a long, long time, didn't have one during COVID and really showed the gaps up. Ours is a very Australian issue, so probably not relevant for lots of our audience, but uh, strangely enough, we don't have a National Centre for Disease Control and uh, the government has decided to, to get one established. So that was a really big highlight for me, I've got to say. Just the coolest acronym as well. ACDC. <laughs> yeah, so so kudos to the government for uh, making that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, other, the other thing I'd say, you know, I think the last Christmas podcast, we might have named people, I'm not going to ask you to name anyone, but we sort of highlighted some individuals that just um, went above and beyond um, or really inspired us. And I don't think this year was any different. There were people that uh, I came across in all kinds of different uh, walks of life that uh, really got that um, passion and excitement going for infection prevention and control again. So um, it's great to be able to see them face to face because uh, you could just feed off people's enthusiasm. And so many people have committed so much uh, over the last couple of years and I think the last six months people are really worn out um, and so uh, a big shout out to all our uh, colleagues across right across the globe who've been working hard for our last three years and, and probably um, probably doing it tough yeah, at yeah. times so um, yeah good on you all for doing that thank you absolutely absolutely and Martin's gracious with his presence he's only dropped out for the fourth time during this podcast so <laughs> Yeah, you've forgotten to pay the bill, man. Yeah. I think, uh, honestly, I must have done. I must go and put another thing yeah. in the spot. I think his reindeers are running out of power. No one's going to understand what that means. Uh, I think mm. so. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's the snow. I lost TV signal here last night. I mean, I was, I was actually lucky to get to where I am because nobody's moving outside the front. The trains are off, and the UK doesn't cope very well with snow. Mm. It's like a surprise every year, even though the weather forecast said it was going to snow. Who knew? Mm. Well, yeah. Right, well, um, 
before we wrap this up, because we'll probably end up um, talking for another three hours. Um, I think our last Christmas special went for about an hour, and amazingly, we had hundreds and hundreds of people listen to it. Um, <laughs> so it's probably no different. Yeah, uh, people get fed up with turkey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts from any of you about uh, podcast? <laughs> you know, you can tell this is just you know, as planned I, I, as every other podcast is planned. Yeah, it's yeah. Honestly, it's yeah. as planned as everything yeah. else. I mean, it, I, it, I, I thoroughly enjoy talking to people. So to be honest, it's, it, I don't care if nobody listens. Mm. Um, I shouldn't say that really, but... You know, we started this the three of us because we like talking to each other, and we were, you know, we're interested to talk to authors, and clearly some authors really quite enjoy talking to us as well. Mm. Um, and just, you know, even this, the simple ones like you know, Brett, you, John Otter, and I just got together in a little room at mm. Cardiff City Football Stadium at an IPS branch conference and talked about glove or no glove. That's the third most popular podcast, over mm. seven hundred and fifty views or listens. So. Simple things actually people attract people, so mm. we'll, we'll carry on bashing on finding people who, who want to talk to us and we want to talk to them. And mm. let's see where we go with it, really. Mm. Yeah, and and we do do appreciate people listening to us. I've got to say, we do get mm. we, we do get Very people much. and people coming up Absolutely. to you at a conference and going, Oh, yeah. I recognize your yeah. voice, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm surprised how much that happens, nice, but but actually, they yeah. listen to us, yeah. And, yeah. And Again, we should have the ride that we shouldn't. You shouldn't listen to it whilst operating heavy machinery <laughs> or driving. But could we put you to sleep? Apart from, apart from <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Actually, we had a lot of emails from people come in too, over, particularly over the last few months. So thanks to everyone who's emailed mm. in. Mm. Hopefully, we've responded to most of you. But um, yeah, it's great to, to have those comments because um, yeah, we kind of wonder who's listening at times. But clearly, a lot of people. So thanks. Yeah. Um, Mm. And, and we welcome ideas or papers that pe- that perhaps we don't see um, that uh, that people would like us to have a bit of a chat about uh, ideas. Please uh, contact Brett, and uh, we'll um, we'll uh, have a look at them. And I'll pass them on to uh, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Phil. Are you having a a break over Christmas? Uh, I'm not actually, Brett. Um, a kind of very brief break between Christmas and New Year's, uh, but then back to work. This quite a bit on at the moment mm. and uh, I don't have any leave up my sleeve so uh, um, mm. we'll be working all the way through pretty much yeah mm. and man you don't work much these days anyway so I'm not bother asking you but um... <laughs> no I'm not doing anything off, you off camping Brett <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be off camping for yes. a while yes so so these podcasts will resume again in the new year at some point um, we plan to kick off again in 2023 for season three um, yeah, season three. Season three. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And they said it wouldn't last. Mm. And they said it wouldn't last. Yes, yeah. they A podcast um, about nothing. It's a bit like the Seinfeld episode. Never showing age. Yeah. All right. Well, who's well, going to sign off? I think Martin should. Yeah. Turns out you just did. Okay. Okay. I'll sign off. Well, thank you everybody for listening to the 2022 series of Infected Control Matters. We thoroughly enjoyed doing it, as has been quite obvious, I think. And uh, I think I'd just like again to say thanks very much to the guests. Um, it's always a pleasure chatting to my two colleagues anyway, and we just do this for fun anyway, so we thought we might as well record it and uh, see where it goes. So thanks, mm. Brett. Thanks, Phil. Everybody have a fantastic Christmas and a happy mm. new year. And uh, 
Goodbye from Brett. Mm-hmm. Goodbye from Phil. Happy Festivus. Indeed. Oh, he's frozen again. Did you guys say anything? It froze. It froze. Yeah, we did. We didn't say anything. I I did. I said, happy Festivus. Yes, Mm. and I said goodbye. Okay, happy (laughs) Festivus. And we'll see you all in 2023. Ciao. Ciao.